Hello. Bonjour. Sweetie. Guten Tag. Marhaban. Namaste. Breaking news. We're just receiving reports that Thigh Gap Podcast has already spread to 15 countries across the globe. More from our special correspondent out in the field. Thank you, news correspondent. Insiders suggest that they have already greeted their followers in five of these countries. Scam the banks. Everyone wondering, how far will this go? Me with my camera, back to the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Thigh Gap Podcast, episode 12. My name is Bogus Noog, and with me is my co-host, 15 times worse than I am, Bing Brute. What is up, Brute? Welcome back to the 12th episode of Thigh Gap. What's going on with you, my friend? It's awesome to be back. Because I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, no. Welcome back to YouTube, Bogus. Uh, unfortunately, you're still here. We are on episode 12. And uh, look at my face, the excitement. Yeah, I keep looking at your face and I'm thinking 12 episodes down. How come we haven't broken up yet? Yep, yep. But I think uh, 13th is a charm. <laughs> yeah, 13th is a charm. <laughs> I think we're going to skip the 13th episode, by the way, guys. Because just for luck. Just for luck. Yeah. Just for yeah. luck. When you're in this stage of the relationship. Uh-huh. You start becoming superstitious. Yeah. You can't avoid it. Yeah. Right? And guys, Brute and I just want to say how much we appreciate your love and support all this while. And you're like, you're like an, you know, unending source that we bank on. Absolutely. And, and Brute, what do we do with banks? Scam the banks. That's it. That's what we do. To know more about what Brute means, if you ever wanted to venture such a dark, dangerous path, Follow us on our socials, guys, on Twitter, at ThighGap, and underscore ThighGap on Instagram. And like the page, ThighGap it is, on Facebook. You know what they say, bro? Have you ever heard of this saying? Yeah, I did. It's an amazing saying. No, let me say the saying oh, first. Oh. <laughs> let me just say that first. Got it. Yeah, say it. They say, the line between good and evil uh-huh. cuts right through the middle of a man's heart. Who said this? I don't know. You know, I have a different saying which is related to line. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, you're so far behind the line. Right. That the line is just a dot to you. Different context. uh, I know. Different line, yeah. I think it's useful in different situations. For sure. But what got me thinking of late, and, uh, you know, we just have... We just got done with a heavy, heavy two-part series on Measure of Man. Yeah. And every time we do a heavy episode, I feel like the next one, I just want to kind of lay back and... Make it more heavy. Just no. <laughs> okay. No. Just, okay. Uh, I, I thought we were just escalating. Okay. Yeah. Just chill out and, you know, on the prep and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. we just uh, lay back and talk. Got what it. got me thinking of late was social media. And 
the kind of interactions we seem to have or we're seeing people have on social media i know that you're not a fan as well no not at all as and it's not just social media let me be clear mm-hmm. it's all kinds of electronic communication you're not a fan of the electronic communication at no, all no not the textual one so you the stop emails. at letters the physical handwritten letters do you stop there yeah probably you can say and probably calls yeah calls but i wouldn't consider calls under the electronic communication but the emails the messages the the, the whatsapps any kind of any kind of form of textual communication twitter facebook posts yeah yeah i just don't i don't know i don't get it the whole dynamic mm. i just don't understand that yeah and you can ask me why why is that brute why is that let's take it from the top i am not a big fan of electronic communication mm-hmm. especially the textual part mm-hmm. and why is that brute funny you ask me because the because the bracket of miscommunication that happens through electronic communication right it either it either exaggerates the exact meaning mm-hmm. or it completely nullifies the exact meaning that i wanted to communicate yeah or i wanted to put it across yeah so i'm not a big fan mhm no yeah ideally i think what all of us would have wanted is um if even if we get into an alt- altercation or some kind of an argument with someone yeah ultimately we have a discussion about it and then if i have more the more convincing point yeah then you concede and you agree to right. my point you say okay that makes sense or i agree to your point or we say no this is not done yet and uh, we should we'll agree to disagree for now the actual reality of a conversation a difference of opinion you know how it ends mm-hmm. people walking out of the room that's the maximum it goes to i but the but on social platforms right that's the most peaceful way that's yes. the yeah i mean yeah. I, that looks so organic also you're just so pissed off yeah but at the same time the other person is someone whoever it might be right right you somehow see that the best option to do is walk out from there yeah so as to not cause further damage yeah and what i see happening online is two people get into an argument very quickly it escalates to some sort of a personal joke or an abuse and now it becomes like an ego fight between the two people yeah. as to who is owning who's going to own the who other. is the boss yeah and it's no longer about the point that right. they were arguing about and also most of the times there's no point to argue also it basically might be two guys take on something yeah. it's just like this is my take this is your take yeah and that's that yeah let's you know, just say some corner of the internet two people wanted to talk about something and argue yeah let them have at it you know this yeah. is a free it's a free world is a free yeah. country whatever but then i've also noticed that if someone makes a very strong point hmm. a very compelling point yeah there is no concession there is no acceptance or acknowledgement from the other yeah. side rather it is just pure silence right they either block them yeah because they can't come back or get response. 10 more people who can probably or right fast yeah <laughs> yeah or find a mob yeah um but it's really going all haywire and i i really think we need a rules of engagement for social media platforms i don't think where did i hear this rules of engagement could be a movie name oh no that's the topic of our episode oh that's right. our episode's name <laughs> right. rules of engagement 
So and after this declaration we might come up with an absolutely different name to the episode. Oh uh, yeah, anything is possible. Yeah. So I was just thinking that it's a new thing that we are coming to uh, terms with this whole concept of everyone being available at all times to immediately instantly give you feedback or their peace of mind on yeah. something. And for such a situation and the way that it's being handled now, where is it going wrong? Why has it gone wrong? and what could we possibly do to manage this madness you know could we give a method to this madness yeah that's the question that i was thinking about mm-hmm. and i yeah you still in complete sorry yeah i was just saying so i have a few theories as to yeah where hmm. or Correct. why oh, oh sorry you still in complete got it ha huh, yeah yeah as to where or why this thing is the way it is right now Hmm. Yeah. So I think the first thing is th- there's a very easy solution to this. Mm-hmm. But it's the as often in real life, right? The easiest things are the toughest things to do, mm-hmm. which is get out from social platforms. You know, don't yeah. entertain yourself to such madness. Don't expose yourself to such chaos. Yeah. If you think that you can't hold a conversation in real life. If you feel that you are a person who's kind of who who might not be ready to take two three blows on your face mm-hmm. or take a punch on your chin uh when it comes to a disagreement mm-hmm. you that's this is not a place for you right but you know i think that when it comes to certain situations where you are either an entrepreneur or you you are the spokesperson for an organization yeah. or whatever it is there are points where it is unavoidable when i was thinking of like why is this really happening Mm-hmm. why is why is the situation so broken right now it's not a regulated platform one it is not regulated but when i mean regulate regulation i don't necessarily mean from the government i mean mm-hmm. just something that we as people agree to sign off on you know like as in we as people agree that okay this is the way we will conduct ourselves or this is the way we will use social media for example and i'll get to that the final yeah, example okay. that's what because yeah yeah i am already you're already lost off. i saw yeah. that So when I thought about I was like the Rohit Sharma during that interview. Ah mujhe pata nahi tu kaun sa question pucha. Yeah. So as to why I'd like to take your attention back to the Roman days. Okay, you remember the Colosseum where mm. gladiators gladiator used to Russell engage Crow. in blood sport. Yeah. Yeah, Russell Crowe basically was unjustly being pit right against uh all by all these of, three or four groups right, of people there's right. a lion something's happening. Right. The, But basically the crowd if you watch the crowd mm-hmm. they are enjoying themselves. Yeah. They are yelling in bloodlust. Yeah. They're excited. Yeah. And that kind of tells you or it gives you a slight hint about human nature. You know, and I want to connect this further to whenever there's an accident and of course now there's not much traffic on the streets but before the lockdown yeah this was common occurrence back in the us, day right? back in the day yeah every day a bike or a car or something or the other you would have seen you'd you'd be seeing an accident on the road right and immediately you see a lot of people gather around hmm. just to watch yeah and then there's and a lot enjoy of enjoy the pretty picture yeah and there's a lot of other people who are slowing down their vehicles causing a traffic jam only because they want to watch they're yeah. not getting out of their vehicles or anything yeah. they're just slowing down yeah 
and there's always just that one or two people who volunteer who, to help exactly who actually step forward and go beyond actually they go overboard in helping you out if you are in that situation hmm. it kind of surprises me like why would you take so much time out in helping me when it happened to me right yeah i wondered why this guy is a, he's insisting that he walks with me to the hospital yeah so these kind of things are very comforting but the extreme minority also that's good enough but yeah. then the majority is just watching yeah and you see that right and this is not something that's alien or this is not something that's new to us it's always been a part of us throughout history i just want to bring in another point even before you talk about the colosseum right yeah i want to go a little further down where public hanging was common public hangings uh, right? which is were being burnt biggest crowd turners Yeah. right biggest crowd pullers back in the day was somebody is being hanged yeah. and there's so many crazy sketches which actually make fun of that but i mean if a witch does not wear the same as a duck yeah you're going to die you're going to die and yeah. that's ridiculous man. yeah so the question is we don't know how many duck whether it's a single duck or multiple it duck. was a single duck if you watch the documentary monty python and the holy grail holy grail oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. this is a scene from that so i mean i don't even know how they did that math but anyways like they explain for all movie. for all for all i care yeah. the logic should be the other way around if the witch weighs as much as a duck right. something is wrong with the witch <laughs> she is not weighing as a she's normal a witch. witch she's a witch burn right so yeah. if it's not weighing as if she's weighing more than the duck yeah, yeah. right yeah. then she's a normal person she's a normal that should lady. have been the like the math because yeah. that way everybody is a witch yeah right yeah. so i don't know what was the math but yeah. but what i was saying was coming to the point that whole concept of enjoying somebody's plight right right irrespective of the degree of it right uh like yeah i agree to the fact that i think we always have have had it with us we've always had we've it we've been and also there's a psychological study also that humans mm -hmm. as a species are sadistic in nature mm -hmm. one of the easiest examples they give is when you get hurt and mm -hmm. the wound starts healing right. and when the dead skin comes right yeah you you involuntarily like pulling off the dead skin yeah which is technically not allowing you to heal fast yeah right but you even though that little pinch that you get yeah while you're pulling off that dead skin and then you're looking you enjoy at it, it like oh yeah, is it whoa, getting red yeah it's getting oh, red am i bleeding more blood <laughs> yeah and all that Yeah. And also, you know, as a kid you used to put badges onto like you had like the school badge. Oh yeah. And then you would pin it onto your yeah, yeah self piercing, piercing and all that. that yeah. Which is ridiculous, right? Yeah. So I agree to the point. Yeah, we are uh we are absolutely sadistic in nature. Yeah, I think in differing measures of course it's not like we're completely sadistic. But we're not obviously say we're not like the extreme of sadistic but we have sadism in our in our bodies or yeah. in the minds and for anyone who's unconvinced of this there's we've even done his, uh, experiments on this in our past hmm. which showed freakish results actually mm -hmm. and these results were so freakish that the first time i read about these experiments i could never forget about them again because of what they revealed it just took one read it just to took, like yeah. scar you I wish like math did that to you. I mean math scarred me when I just opened the textbook so then I just silently closed it yeah. again. 
and never again with equal speed yeah. which you opened it yeah <laughs> yeah what do you say to the book of math not today not today <laughs> not today so you know first of all there was an experiment called the stanley milgram experiment okay mm-hmm. and this was done post world war 2 let me guess was this done by stanley milgram you're a genius come on i don't know how you do it throw me a bone man yeah so easy ha huh? i guessed it so post world war this was after the nuremberg trials uh-huh. what happened in the nuremberg trials was they got all these nazi generals etc etc hitler's machine right and they got the top brass uh, on a historic court case okay they were on trial okay. for war crimes ha huh. and they asked everyone the same question how could you bring yourself to participate when you knew you know there was loss of human life huh. how could you bring yourself to follow the orders right and they were saying a lot of them said you know what we don't really have anything personally against any set of people right it's more just that we were following orders we were doing our job yeah we were just doing our job we were doing we were doing what we were told to do right that's about it right and this was not just one guy's defense hmm. this was a few people they used this defense so stanley milgram do you think they were trained to do that on a rainy day i don't know and what are the chances that they were trained to were they on a lie lie detection test or were they just doing it i don't know i mean for something as huge as world war 2 Hmm. I don't think you can even use that as an example for a rainy day because it couldn't get rainy or it couldn't get dark. No, I'm saying like say the Nazi military. But right. also the US was rolling out a red carpet for these guys. Hey, come aboard. Come yeah. to our country, you know, make rockets. Huh. So I'm not sure what the motivation was to say this, but ultimately they did say it. It's on record, okay? Yeah. And so Stanley Milgram he was curious about this hmm. and after the nuremberg war uh, trials right hmm. this concept of banality of evil came why about. do you use such big words bogus like why do you always have to use big words which i don't understand it's okay we'll all learn okay what I, is benevolent not benevolent banality uh-huh. oh what is banality banality is like the uneventfulness or the dullness or blandness the blandness why couldn't you just use bland then No because it doesn't bland is more of a food thing you know that's why you can't use no, it no vanilla is used for people like he's such a vanilla guy what do you mean what do you, what is your opinion about that i call you vanilla all the time you think i'm fucking vanilla yeah i am vanilla dude you have you have, heard yourself any time in our podcast like dullest bum ever you have not even scratched the surface which is why i call you vanilla because Brute. you copy my phrases right that was my phrase and you couldn't even complete it i didn't complete it because yeah. it's such a disgusting it phrase it is an amazing phrase this is going as a hashtag the whole bloody phrase right so coming back yeah the this guy got curious yeah. and he was like what is this whole banality of evil thing yeah and banality of evil means that these people did together all together they did such a horrendous thing hmm huh. supposedly but they did such a horrendous thing and uh, when asked to describe the motivation behind it the the justification seemed too ordinary like someone just saying i'm just doing my job i was just following orders yeah yeah you know it's not like i asked you to deliver 35 pizzas right you know i asked you to push people into certain places yeah and you did it yeah uh, was that all that was needed <laughs> yeah. like was it all that was needed that's that is the key key question 
was it all that was needed because let's see what happens in stanley milgram experiment right so out of curiosity he wanted to get to the bottom of this tendency mm-hmm. and so he devised an experiment where he invited a few volunteers for money mm-hmm. and of course post war time everyone wants money hmm. so a few people showed up he invited them one by one into a, a small room inside this room there was just a table a chair and there was a switch on the table yeah and that was it that there was, was a screen room. there oh, was oh i think i've read about this experiment this is horrible yeah and just beyond the table there's a wall yeah and on the wall there's a bulb okay okay so all this person can see are the switch in front of him and the bulb in front of him right and there's a speaker uh-huh. to the wall and so stanley milgram tells this guy okay listen we are inter- in we are interrog- interrogating huh. interrogating a war criminal okay okay and uh, we want him to fess up we want him to give us some truth right about what happened and i'm going to ask him a series of questions from here huh. and he's going to give an answer uh-huh. if i think he was being truthful uh-huh. i'll signal you okay if i think he was lying then i'll give you a different signal right if i give you that signal you've got to press the button got it and that yeah. guy was like uh, yeah okay cool mm-hmm. you know and so he asked them first question and then stanley milgram says no this guy is lying mm-hmm. so he through the speaker he hears a voice from right. the other room and uh, he tells this guy he motions him to press the button right this guy presses the button hmm. and immediately he hear, he hears a, a yell scream. a scream yeah. from the speaker yeah and he's Ugh. he's startled why dude he's yeah. like what what was that yeah. and then stanley milgram says oh he we actually hooked him up to wires right on his chair every he's time you press electrocuted. that button he gets an electric shock yeah and then that's when people are taken aback and yeah. they're like no i can't do this i'm sorry right you know that we have to give credit for the first um two times <laughs> <laughs> the first two times you're always like mm. the first few impulses the third time is, is to say no i don't want any part in this yeah. i want to leave and then stanley milgram says you don't have to worry you know everything this is a government managed uh, interrogation hmm. um i'm the sole authority right. if anything happens to that guy consequences only for me right. nothing for you as a right. volunteer so this is my authority i'm giving you the go ahead right you go ahead don't worry this is where it turns and so then the people they keep pressing it no matter what the answer is is it they keep pressing it oh my again and again lord the screams get louder yeah. louder and to a point where it starts to sound blood curdling i am doubting your intentions with this dude yeah um, and then they get scared they're like no i think there's something really happening he's like yeah. no don't worry don't worry you yeah. know like, i'm the authority they continue <laughs> pressing the button this is so why are we even doing this like we are supposed to be a fun loving entertaining comedy this podcast this is supposed to be a comedy podcast yeah this is supposed to be a bloody comedy podcast you just told the most gory story i i don't i can't even see how stanley who is this stanley kubrick like who the no 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 who the hell is this guy stanley uh, milgram stanley milgram what is the difference between stanley milgram uh-huh. and hitler i don't see any only thing is sanly milgram conducted this in a controlled environment please True. tell me True. please tell me that there was actually no guy on the other side being electrified actually there was a guy oh sweet but, lord this only gets worse but that guy was an actor like you oh okay that's what i was saying yeah. there's nobody who's getting electrified no no right? not really okay. 
got so it so the actual experiment was on okay the no no then hitler is a completely different ball game <laughs> altogether then stanley milberg if you're still alive he's a good guy no he's not alive anyways <laughs> okay uh so good that you died <laughs> like stop doing <laughs> this to people like even mental image of it is very scary no wonder nobody forgets this after one read yeah and yeah. uh the guy on the other side was just an actor mm-hmm. who was sitting on a chair with a mic in front of him yeah and there was a bulb on his side yeah. so every time the bulb button was pressed he the was bulb sure. went off and yeah. he screams right and he keeps escalating and he screams. doesn't know who is there on the other side he knows about the experiment oh okay he knows about he's participating very good because actors have to be told their motivation yeah they have to get into the character oh, oh, oh my oh, as oh. a professional actor myself Fucking who's been actors. in like three plays yeah and got rejected <laughs> out of seven i know what it takes to be an actor you yeah. know <laughs> my emotions are always right on top so this was the experiment and what it revealed was the lengths that people will go to as long as you relieve them of the consequence you know what is the final data i want to know yeah how many people were smiling while pressing that switch you <laughs> that, know <laughs> that is key <laughs> that is the key the moment you shoot that guy right there absolutely the moment there's a guy who says no the first two times and yeah. says okay if it's on you yeah. and starts smiling yeah more than smiling starts smirking there should be right. an exit door on the other side yeah. of the room yeah just take him out the back and yeah. just and then we don't out, see him any, any put him out of his misery he's like he's lost in the dark episode oh god there's no redemption is, there's no no there's no place for such people you can't smirk yeah. i mean grinning smirking all these things are scary dude and yeah. this is what is the thing you know I mean I know I'm going back to the point. Mm-hmm. You know these are all emotions which convey certain amount of you know intent yeah. in a conversation yeah. right? Nuance. Nuances they are all like the nitty gritties which you can they are intangibles. True. You know when somebody says a very bad news of about someone but he's saying it while smiling to you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. it either means that this guy is very happy that something bad has happened to him yeah or it says that you both are he is expecting you are also on the same boat something like that right yeah. you get the bigger picture it's like that walk in phoenix and joker like exactly, starts laughing right? abruptly you, and people will get it yeah with social platforms my problem is that first of all i hate the smileys anybody who use smileys in their messages go die okay i don't care about you because it conveys nothing except for the sunglasses one that the sun that thing should yeah. get a nobel peace prize that's like it. whoever created that one smiley right yeah. but 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 that's a minor minority right? right right like any other real time scenario the, the minorities are always the good ones mm-hmm. but you know this is my problem like imagine you tell something and then put a smiley of a smirk and i see that smirk as a grin right right the whole context of the message <laughs> changes for me right out the window yeah i'm like okay fine now why is he grinning like what is his intent i start reading it with the lines yeah i start like you know assuming things yeah. and then my response obviously will be different because of what i understood yeah that guy thinks that he communicated brilliantly to me right. according to him it's like as smooth as butter i killed it i killed it yeah right? he'll screenshot that yeah, shit yeah he he like frame that shit yeah. and all and you're like dude you know why the hell i was so are nice you, to you are you enjoying <laughs> yeah, the like, pain <laughs> yeah like do you want me to cry yeah. do you want me to cry you <laughs> bastard so i get it like that's see this is the point i wanted to see right. if i am stanley milgram milgram mm-hmm. i am not just looking at do people doing the act i also would want to see 
Yeah. If this guy is smiling, like if this person is smiling, I will get out of the room <laughs> as Stanley Milberg. Yeah. Take the actor yeah. along with me and just allow that guy to keep pressing the bloody button, right? Yeah. Yeah. So these this the, I mean it's yeah, the bottom line is dude, from whatever I can make out of it. It's a very obvious thing for me. The moment there is no accountability on you. Yeah. Right? And you can see it on day-to-day terms. Yeah. Right? For example, there was a roommate of mine and uh, I just told him, "Dude, it's okay, you know. Uh, even if you don't clean the dishes or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just no scene. I'll come and do mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I might take some time, but I'll come and do it." And when I came back, he just not only did the dishes. Okay. Very conveniently he avoided doing the dishes, okay. but he put more dishes on things. Right so he piled up more dishes Wonderful. in the assumption that okay I don't have to fucking do it right how does it matter to me and it started the whole house was stinking mm. of you know the leftover yeah, food yeah. of flies everywhere yeah. and I'm thinking like you stay here too <laughs> like do, doesn't this bother you i mean i i'm not like an ocd guy exactly. but when the shit hits the ceiling personal standard you got to like put, at some point you got to push the panic button right yeah. and say like okay fine you know what nobody's around let me get my hands dirty get this place sorted right it's a very very menial example yeah but you see that in different degrees yeah in people when yeah. the accountability is removed out of them right yeah but that's the thing it looks menial because it is a menial example yeah and uh, the problem is for anyone who thinks oh this is just uh, some far off thing no 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 that smiley neighbor who you greet every day you have no idea how he, he is would the behave. one who's throwing garbage in your in your <laughs> backyard <laughs> when you are asleep you have no hi- idea how he would behave when shit hits the fan yeah that is when he's the first are, one to run that is when people are truly tested yeah you know yeah and there was another experiment performed in more recent years and when i say recent i don't know exactly but stanford university ran a similar experiment uh, it's along the same lines the general gist of it was they chose uh, i'm not getting the specifics right but just example wise they chose uh-huh. like 20 students okay one side 20 students another side uh-huh. one a hostel block right. they emptied out uh-huh. or a wing they emptied out and they said 20 students on this side are going to be acting as jailers 20 right. students on the other side are going to be acting as prisoners we are going to uh, treat this wing that we've locked off as a jail cell It's right. going to be a prison now. This is all imaginary. We are just playing the fool. We are acting. All right. Well established. And the students are also like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good psychological experiment. Uh, thumbs we up. We are Stanford here. guys. Yeah, we are the yeah. highest IQs. Yeah. We can do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turns out your EQs are low. And then what they did was they placed cameras all across right. the place, all over the place, jail cells, the uh, the path where the jailers have to walk, all that stuff, and they locked them in. That's it. No outside contact for about a period of time. I don't know how much. Like twenty right. days, twenty-five days, whatever. It might hard- be forty days because that's how long it takes to like. Maybe, maybe. Right. It hardly took any time for the social fabric to degenerate. Huh. Basically, whoever the prisoners were, right? Right. They are Stanford students. <laughs> Everyone knows. These are the cream crop. Yeah, they know. What is? How do you pronounce it in French? Like creme crop or creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. So these guys, they know that they are Stanford students. The jailers are Stanford students. Their college mates, classmates, yeah. even. But as soon as the whole situation started, it went to Big Boss first. Like it went up to Big Boss levels, where confrontations, 
you know like uh, conflicts between jailers and prisoners yeah jailers kind of supporting each other yeah against prisoners prisoners supporting each other against jailers yeah the prisoners getting too agitated right. in their behavior right. like they want to uh, rebel against the authority of the jailers yeah and the jailers are getting more and more dictatorial and they're getting more and more Demanding mili- militant and, yeah they're they actually got down to physically punishing them getting into the cells and physically punishing them and all that stuff so it really degenerated once again how many of those jailers were smiling i mean <laughs> they were punishing these guys bro as an actor can you imagine in stanford they found 40 method actors all at once <laughs> <laughs> like all if, of them would have come out of the experiment i'm in the wrong profession like yeah. i don't need math yeah. i don't need science i'm al pacino yeah, i'm, I'm robert de niro, robert de niro. Yeah. i'm like daniel de lewis daniel de lewis this shit yeah yeah all these days <laughs> how i was fooling myself so it went to that ridiculous extent till where the authorities had to step in and probably conclude the experiment again i don't remember the specifics but that's not the main takeaway the main takeaway is observe the similarities between the stanley milgram experiment guys and the Stan- stanford prison experiment right what is that revealing about the human character when it is tested hmm. you know what comes out that they're all method actors pani ka pani <laughs> yeah yeah and there's also another uh, one of the most famous pieces of literature ever uh, crime and punishment by dostoevsky fyodor fyodor dostoevsky who was a russian author a personal favorite of both brut and myself he is probably also i just want to put in a word because i'm a huge fan of go ahead fyodor go ahead so fyodor dostoevsky has an amazing personal life in himself where i think he had a perfect sinusoidal wave of the highs and lows mm-hmm. and uh, he was coined as one of the very few literature writers or literature what do you call them authors right who are borderline philosophical in a very realistic sense uh he was on the platform of leo tolstoy i he can't disagree with that yeah. kafka and yeah. funny thing they all come from europe predominantly russia russia ah. kafka is not russian he's kafka german is... german german yeah he's he's a german author uh, okay yeah okay uh, Uh, Dostoevsky Dostoevsky is is the he's I mean people who have not read him I'm sure you've who you've heard about him and if you have not even heard about him forget, don't even have to read his books right uh, because I feel you need to graduate to his books as right. a reader you just can't just go straight into a pick up crime and punishment or the idiot or whatever and start reading and say like oh I'll get it right uh, so for them you guys just go to wikipedia whatever source you can and if you want to have like a read about him you read how, what all he went through but the one instance in dostoevsky's life that turned his life around yeah that is one thing i can never forget again just the the, the intent to make someone go through such an experience which is he was in the gulag right right in the siberian right. prison right and they were telling him that um, you're going to be executed soon yeah so they were going on saying this is the date the date right. is fixed you're going right. to be executed right on the day of the execution he has his last meal right they take him out to a post the huh. time to it it's basically a shooting gallery right so they blindfold him huh. and that's it imagine what goes through a man's yeah. mind it's when like he's, the end it's blank right? right it's like it's the end right that's or we it. don't know what actually happens technically because yeah. we've never been in that just place. imagine the state of a mind yeah uh, when you're tired to a post and you have you know what i feel shooters in it might actually you. be 
you know a relief to him more than um, anything else because it could be but let me finish the story okay yeah sorry sorry so sorry uh, he was at the door of death at the doors of death he was staring down he was not staying down he was blindfolded but he knew there was a he was anticipating gallery. a bullet hitting him he was anticipating the end of his life yeah. now at the last minute they uh in wikipedia and in other sources it says that the sar or someone sent a message exactly at that point of time hmm. that he should not be killed and that's when they released him or oh, was this that miss america miss universe kind of a, like a debacle where <laughs> oh sorry man we made a big mistake i'm yeah. so sorry miss the new miss universe is not miss argentina but is it it is someone else venezuela or venezuela yeah wow what a <laughs> miss reference miss venezuela what a reference um so what i heard huh. i heard two different versions one was at the exact end moment the czar sent a message saying uh, don't kill him huh. for whatever reason and they untied him huh. the other version i heard was they tied him huh. they kept him waiting pass we got they kept him waiting why is this getting darker and darker this we is, were supposed to glorify this is dostoevsky <laughs> This is getting darker and darker and darker almost going to chinese torture but we're not going there <laughs> yeah yet. not there yet that's the darkest yeah but uh, they kept him waiting for a while then they untied him hmm. took him back to his cell and said oh we don't have a date yet <laughs> no that's it they just took him back to his cell and left him uh-huh. this man imagine imagine his state of mind yeah for a while i can imagine he would have been the most confused guy ever to have existed in history or whatever yeah but that kind of broke him actually they say that it broke him and i think he himself said it i don't remember but that it kind of changed his outlook from that point of view yeah time. so i read a book of his called notes from the underground mm-hmm. i don't know if you it's like a I've journal i have not um some of the things he says is is mostly about how being indifferent to you know to fuck i don't know the word dude what is it plight what is a bigger word to plight you can say plight yeah so so having indifference to plight is is the way to go about you know mm-hmm. so and even if you if you look at it in a different way even the military training the army training is to abuse your body so much through physical training yeah that you know at the time of action mm-hmm. right your body is in a position to take any kind of you know demand yeah right yeah. it's not new it's not new to it so it's yeah. already immune to it so right. it doesn't kind of fall out of place when suddenly like say there's a sprain in the hand or like you got like a shoulder dislocation or something mm-hmm. it does it still keeps you moving it knows how to function with those disability right right so even dostoevsky most of his things he kind of goes around that note of his indifference to plight which he reached to after a point yeah. where he like nothing can hurt me now like nothing can physically torture me or put me under any kind of misery yeah right um, is is what he he kind of prophesizes in those journals which were basically notes to himself yeah and those are like very philosophical in if you have that you know inclination of philosophy right, right. about the general things about life you kind of see that yeah you know that's the state which is which is where you are you are functioning at a very high level once you reach there yeah you know and in crime and punishment there comes a point in the story hmm. where two characters are conversing with each other okay. and one of them is saying one of them is lamenting 
as to how how come people don't feel the need to help each other or help someone else yeah how come people don't want to um improve their situation something right. like that and right. the other character says but don't you know some people they relish it yeah yeah you may think that whoever is miserable all of them want to get out of that miserable situation and make things better for themselves yeah unfortunately they want to get back to it unfortunately our wretched human nature uh, wow dude, again is, comes into play where those spoken english classes some people sent to <laughs> this is taking a toll on me now some wretched, people ha <laughs> relish being miserable yeah some people secretly take pleasure from it and they don't want that situation to change because now they've been miserable for so long that it starts to become it starts to feel comfortable second nature yeah it starts to you start to see your comfort zone in that yeah and you don't want to get out of it because that would be unfamiliar uncharted territory again yeah. for you and again you have to learn again you right. have to go through would you be hurt who knows you yeah, know right. all that stuff so that when i read i was like uh, you know just exactly when i read like stanley milgram experiment yeah and the stanford experiments it's just that disgust yeah and it not guts in, you right it, it guts you and because it's so real and because it's not just it's someone else who has those characteristics yeah it is because the fact that we all yeah in this. general we all have this in us yeah yeah another way of putting it it is it's a very mellow way again but this mm-hmm. is something that i've always observed in in my work in uh, you know in my workplace or with myself mm-hmm. the the fact that you don't start acting till there is fire under your ass yeah is also in a way i know we are kind of laaton ke bhoot yeah laaton ke bhoot right? right so i know i'm kind of like you know looking at it under a microscope but broadly if you look at it mm-hmm. we all perform in adversity true we are all amazing performers in adversity but the problem is some people learn how they perform and then start performing like that in general yes and the majority of the people once they have you know gone past that particular obstacle they go back to normal and then they are not worried about they don't kind of carry that performance or that whole process of performance mm-hmm. forward in their life on a day to day basis right. what they do is they again wait for that day where they are about to step into adversity or they are already in adversity yeah, yeah. and then they are like no 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 you know what i have to like work really hard and get everything in place so i have to like bring my a game why are you never in your a game always <laughs> that's my point right yeah. like why are we not in a game always because the a game is supposed to be the best case scenario for you and we somehow don't want to be there all the time yeah the only response i have for that is uh, Uh, uh yeah but now guys if you've been listening this long we've gone through the stanley milgram experiment we've gone through stanford prison experiment we've gone through the uh crime and punishment fyodor dostoevsky example but let's go back to that colosseum scene let's go back to that uh accident where it all started the accident scene you know where we talked about how people have behaved in those situations i feel my theory is that people in the colosseum were cheering with bloodlust because they achieved 
or not achieved is a wrong word but because they got detached just use simple words they, got they, they got, got detached uh, they detached themselves from the reality of the scene yes there was a human being who was being torn to shreds right in front of them blood flying everywhere but if you detach yourself from it and look at it just as a spectacle think about watching a tarantino movie or watching any movie with gore and violence in it how many of us enjoy those movies are we wrong to enjoy those movies or are we right because we understand the distinction between reality and fiction we understand that in reality there's that woman is not really being killed yeah so she is acting she is right. earning her livelihood right so i can laugh at her death you know right so basically we we can pro- process things like this because we understand that it is fictional we understand it's not real it's not a documentary that we are watching yeah so that kind of detachment is giving you some leverage or leeway to indulge in more of your animalistic instincts instincts and that bloodlust that uh, attitude is what is being seen similarly in a lower scale of course but in social media is it really the, such a lower scale because we have very tangible death threats going around hmm you know it's for me it seems ridiculous that you would threaten someone with death on a social media platform i don't know why but still and i want to connect this to the um why are we speaking about death threats now dude why are you scaring me we are on that platform no no i know i'm just saying <laughs> like oh yeah yeah i forgot i wanted to connect this to sport okay the reason and this i again don't know how true this is brute but this is what i heard okay mm-hmm. i heard the reason sport was put into place was because after the wars ended yeah they whoever they is they felt that men needed a more peaceful avenue to vent out their inborn aggression mm-hmm. their aggressive traits their combative traits all the things that men have had for history mm. if we bring in sport maybe that gives them an avenue to vent it out and then maybe they won't be so violent because there's a vent right that need is being fulfilled yeah similarly if we look at a social media platform as a vent where it is just us venting on it all the time we don't mean anything nothing is seriously meant you know and it just becomes a dialogue or like a rap battle rap battles for example are vicious the kinds of things uh, rappers spit at each other it's basically a poetic form of roasting each other right poetic form of roasting I each mean, other i mean like musical form of roasting each other that could involve verses that, ha- uh, that that could involve verses like how i'm how how in detail i'm going to murder your mom yeah you know tomorrow right but even then everyone knows that it is just a game of one upsmanship it is an ego challenge how much are you able to own the other guy how much are you able to embarrass the other person yeah and it ends there none, none of that is taken seriously none of those threats yeah are really taken seriously right if we considered social media as the same and if we all agreed that we are going to treat this with some amount of detachment whatever goes on here is in the virtual world it has not much it doesn't have much bearing on the real world hmm. then i feel like we can avoid 
so many of these issues and we can be actually free so you're basically talking about a mass behavioral change yeah right yeah that's like dr evil thinking about in a way yeah it is right. anyone who wants to change a lot of people yeah you know, <laughs> like it is very it's suspicious. always dr yeah. evil yeah it starts with doctor or a scientist uh because only these guys have enough time to think about this nonsense but no i get your point bogus on a very serious note mm-hmm. kidding aside jokes apart right uh, enough for fun the the we need to figure out a way mm-hmm. of how do we create accountability right yeah and i get your point that when you are speaking on on a platform like social media or the internet right you need you you should understand as as a person that again i go back to my whole apprehension towards uh, you know electronic communication yeah right which is you got to understand how people are from where are they trying to come to come at you right and you need to give, cut that flag you can't take it from your you have to be open basically right and have a conversation and then leave the conversation to as it is because in real life also how many conversations which started off with to bahara dekh le to mm. actually ended up in a fight exactly right exactly. you come out of the bar then like, ah bol <laughs> like okay we just had like a two hour conversation inside yeah. where you seem to have a huge problem with me uh. now that i'm outside now you're asking me my point again like you want to go through that whole two hour conversation yeah and and that's what it is right that's It's, what it is the only reason is there is a possible threat mm-hmm. there's a possible damage that can be caused for you to you or mm-hmm. by you right mm-hmm. and in social media you're kash- you're cocooned by that effect mm-hmm. like you're not you're not bothered about oh if i say this the other person might actually i might actually start bleeding from my nose or, exactly or you know somebody like 10 guys might jump at me it would be me. a lot different if that was the case exactly right? yeah. and i'm pretty sure and i agree to the point that all these people who use heavy words are mm-hmm. basically guys who got those words yeah they were told that at some point or the other just for the fact that how those, that person might have been yeah right too opinionated too nosy into other people's life or whatever might be i'm not judging him or that person but i'm saying we we give away whatever we get yeah. that's a problem that we have and and we both know sitting here that two of us as strangers yeah could get really abusive on social media yeah but if we were to come across each other in real life yeah there's no way in hell we're having the same conversation no chance real not the same words exactly. not the same tone not even the same escalation yeah, yeah. It, it would take its own sweet time in escalating or whatever yeah so yeah i get the point but how do we do it at a mass level it's a very tricky thing i think that's where i kind of going to steal your words yeah. where rules come into picture yeah right so how what rules that's a big question who will put these rules yeah. is another question yeah. and how will these rules function right what if somebody goes beyond these rules what is the repercussion right. is that a decent repercussion for somebody to start behaving responsibly mm-hmm. or or take these things seriously right, right. because cyberbullying is a huge thing right now yeah and to all those people who've been you know on the other side where they were being bullied i only feel that you got to be you got to be really reassured mm-hmm. that nothing will come to you yeah and the way i see it is that overall internet wise globally we are the same 
if you look at it on the internet level yeah but we are still individual countries right and we are now moving away back from globalism to our individual identities through that and so the the purview of what uh the social media etiquette is going to be for a particular country that can be decided by the policies in that country and how do we get a change to those policies it basically requires people mobilizing and putting pressure or surfacing this issue to the right people and again and again with some kind of a blueprint in place saying yeah. that this we want to treat as a starting spot wherein whatever speech is made online if it's not followed up by a real life event it has to be considered a virtual thing it has to be considered harmless if it is not followed up but if it is followed up then it has this punishment has to be severe yeah yeah uh, the execution part of it i don't know but in theory yeah, that makes sense and i think it's already being implemented at some some level there are cyber crime cells which are you know kind of keeping a tab on it but it has to be more concrete exactly you know, because it has a, to be more out there yeah. where people have you know an absolute understanding of this which is where i feel education becomes a very important tool for any country or government yeah and right? because of a lack of proper guideline right yeah. even the cyber crime cells the way they respond it's not uniform very sporadic it, it's very sporadic it takes a popular uh, celebrity on that platform to say something and then they act if yeah. regular people say it they don't act right. you know it's right. it's really it doesn't follow yeah there is a hierarchy pattern. unfortunately which is followed yeah uh, and apart from that what else can we do i i think it's just to first of all right now we at the stage we are in it is to first of all agree accept acknowledge that this is a new thing that we are dealing with at a scale unprecedented these are new waters we are charting yeah we got to sit together and discuss on or have those conversations of how do we think this should be handled you know what should be the etiquette how should we process or and i'm going to use a word that you used which is virtual fight club you know yeah. if you look at it as a virtual fight club and that's it nothing more just an indulgence for you to vent out your frustrations your uh, so and the result of that the as a pro i see a situation where a 5 year old can have a argument about something with a 75 year old or an 80 year old yeah first of all i'm very fascinated as to what that conversation would be like someone who is millennials versus the 90s kid no someone who's you know entering into life and someone who is on the verge of leaving right what would they talk about right and what would they argue about yeah i want a situation where they can freely argue where none of them has to worry about their age the so called respect societal respect yeah. they deserve yeah you, just, you remove hierarchy there right just clash your ideas correct just let's just have a clash of ideas see what comes out and everything should be fair play like a rap battle right so why i said the virtual fight club was because this have we are talking about a platform which is a virtual platform right which is a virtual ecosystem yeah it is very difficult to create a sports ecosystem in that scenario right so you somehow have to create a virtual ecosystem where there are certain rules you play by some rules of that ecosystem mm-hmm. which are not designed by you which are not necessarily suiting you except for the fact that you have absolutely 100% right of whatever you feel like yeah and however you want to put it 
you can put it it out there and no one should be coming around linking it to your employer yeah, trying in, to get you fired in in, in every way like yeah. it it should not be it's not a platform to judge you exactly you know as simple i don't i can't speak those polished words like yours but it's a simple platform where you're not being judged mm. that's the assurance that you have right but at the same time your accountability is you don't take it out exactly out of that ecosystem when i say you don't take it out you don't take that approach or that kind of a mentality or that that viciousness that you're you're okay to do that that shouldn't go out of that ecosystem exactly. you have to let it out you need to leave your whole baggage within that ecosystem so that you know it gets accumulated in one place you know what happens in vegas kind of thing yeah exactly yeah. like why do people go to vegas because they're so tired of their daily life that they need not not just vegas that is basically a no, concept I mean, of the saying what happens in vegas stays, stays in, in vegas, vegas. So exactly it's like whatever happens here yeah you're not be. being judged you're not being don't let it bleed it out yeah for out middle class people out there life. which is the majority what happens in goa stays in goa mm. that's <laughs> it nobody cares what you did in goa if you are a little upper middle class and probably coming from gujarat what happens in bangkok stays in bangkok stays in bangkok that's um, it <laughs> how difficult is it to understand i'm not even as complicated as bogus speaks simple english yeah and if sports really were meant to serve as a physical a vent for physical aggression then what about our mental aggression we need a vent for that as well why don't we use social media for that Now there's a science to it. Basically, if you're physically drained out, mm -hmm. technically you're mentally also drained out. There is there is like boxing, for example, right? Okay. People who go to the gyms mm -hmm. and like train, mm -hmm. people who are stressed, they have this tendency of going for a swim or going to a gym and like training hard. Right. That's actually a way to you know you you your body gets physically drained out. Right. And through that, you don't have any more energy to like stimulate your mind. So you kind of come out having a more clear thought. even sports is that by the way like for example right. the days where we used to play tt all night right yeah like at the end of that 3 4 hours of playing tt mm -hmm. uh we basically have no more strength to like think or ponder or worry or crib about anything mm -hmm. you're bas basically sitting there hoping that you get back your breath and you kind of become normal right yeah. and once you become normal you're basically a clean slate so that's the science behind why i may i can may i can see the sense in why sports was used and it might not just be for the physical training right. or the ventilation but it's also like a lot of mental ventilation so uh first of all i'm not sure that ventilation is a word but it doesn't matter because i understood exactly what you yeah, meant yeah yeah uh i think as an example for physical training you know whoever are the most abusive people right online yeah, yeah. you get them in front of a keyboard that's as big as this room right across the wall right they have to hammer every key with a hammer right you know? right and if they want to type out something yeah. they need to and this hammer has to weigh around like 45 kilos or something yeah it's super heavy super hammer. heavy hammer and they have to type it yeah, out you actually have places like that do you know there's uh, the places where you are given stuff to like wreck i know yeah 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 where you can i love that go. concept yeah like you just go you're locked up in a room you're given a hammer or yeah. whatever you just fucking smash everything in that room Yeah what brute is referring to here is I forgot the name of the concept but you get to go into a room there's used furniture there you have a weapon or something in your hand like a baseball bat or whatever and yeah. you just go about freely whacking the shit out of yeah. everything Yeah for how I think like for hours for long. an hour or something yeah. and then yeah. you come out fully yeah relaxed exactly basically and uh, that's a great concept I think a lot of us uh 
it's a great startup idea for india actually yeah and there is a medical solution for this also promote weed <laughs> like spread weed bro snoop dog man yeah. seen snoop dog talk you can't make out whether he's angry or frustrated he just talks but i think that brings us to and conclusion to our discussion today yeah Both open conclusion on it is an open conclusion yeah. i think we'll come back to it when we get more ideas on yeah. rules of engagement online and what more uh, can we add to it yeah so and how we can make this a better place yeah that's and that's the bottom uh, line that's about it so look forward to that guys uh, subscribe follow to our follow our uh, podcast on all leading platforms and you might just catch a follow up to this awesome So thigh gap guys please subscribe and share and share and moving on from the dark topic bogus mm-hmm. let's move on to our forte right what's that that's the parcel section audience favorite the parcel section with an enormous demand for this to be the introduction more than that the end mm-hmm. but you know how these gimmicks work you yeah. got to wait till the end to get the best yeah right? so the hard work goes. pays yep so the parcel section let's make it quick this time right go going uh, on your cube route i'm here to tell you that you should go first and probably i should follow you next fantastic that's what i was waiting for and i almost forgot how long you take for telling your suggestion so my parcel section for the elite episode uh, 12 is a very famous movie and also unnoticed but it was made by a very famous director i think a lot of movie geeks would know this director what's the name what's the name it's the name of the movie is shatranj ki khiladi and the director satyajit ray ah uh, the name rings a bell Yeah, probably one of the first guys from India to actually get an Oscar. Yeah, and also he is widely acclaimed, mm-hmm. and he is a favorite of guess who? Steven Spielberg. Such a jitre is actually an inspiration to Steven Spielberg. Like little trivia, he speaks Spielberg, very high. You mean Spielberg? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So he speaks very highly about such a jitre, mm-hmm. and uh, so the movie is is placed in the time where Britishas Britishas. uh kind of encroaching the indian land right and it is placed in a location called avadh mm-hmm. which avadh kingdom is yeah, yeah. contemporary uttar pradesh and that part yeah and uh, it's a very interesting story super comic mm-hmm. in its own way i mean it's not directly comic but it's about these two landlords right right meer and mirza who are the two landlords mm-hmm. who are addicted to chess so shatranj ke khiladi shatranj means chess chess right uh so they're addicted to chess so badly right. that they don't take care of their affairs of their kingdom they don't participate in that their whole personal life is a mess it's going you know spiraling downwards aggressively and uh, you know they're not giving any attention to the imminent threat that britishers are coming they want to like take over and they don't give a shit about all this right. all they care about from morning till day the moment they wake up till they sleep is mm-hmm. how to play chess and they keep playing chess between both of them right to a point that you know it like the the britishers actually come and take over their kingdom mm-hmm. and they still don't stop playing chess okay or or i might be putting it wrong but that's a suspense i'm going to draw like it's a bluff so, so these are what we call ancient gamers yeah ancient gamers uh, where the fathers would come and break 
the right. TVs right now, but back in the day, they the fathers were not that powerful. Yeah. So the wives would actually come and break the boards. Mm-hmm. But it's a very, very well done movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because Satyajit Ray is a perfectionist in himself as a director. Right. Uh, he wrote the dialogues, in fact, for the movie. Okay. And uh, the movie is is as expected. It has a very low pace. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as fast as you want it to be. Right. But it's so encapsulating their acting. right all the actors and it's a very strong cast by the way the cast is sanjeev kumar uh, you know said jafri shabana azmi farida jalal uh, tom alter who's you right. know the indian britisher for all the movies up right. till late 90s right right so it's a very strong cast everybody i think comes from a theater background mm-hmm. uh, without an exception and uh, so the acting is super high class mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know this or or i don't know how many people know this but sanjeev kumar is a brilliant comic actor oh is he's unfortunately overshadowed by his role in shole yeah where he's the thakur with no hands yeah but he's a very 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 comical actor he's brilliant comic timing his expressions are top notch so is said jafri mm-hmm. said jafri another veteran in yes. the bollywood industry yes uh, so it's crazy movie Shatranj ke khiladi guys that's the name of the uh, suggestion that i have what i found interesting from your description of the movie as well was how they used uh, the concept of two people addicted to chess yeah as a commentary on the dark aspects of society yeah when yeah. as in when the in the movie when the metaphorical uh, rome was burning yeah our heroes here right were all too focused on only one correct. thing and one thing correct only. correct and it if you if you look at If you watch the movie from an angle of learning something, right? right? I'm pretty sure you can still relate it to how self-absorbed we are. Yeah. Not looking at a, the greater good as as closely as we should. Yeah. Even though if it is knocking our doors, right? We have a tendency of not really paying it a lot of attention. Right. Uh. So you know, uh, it's a very like I said, uh, it's it's a very well-made movie. Yeah. Not just in terms of the technical aspect, the acting aspect, mm-hmm. but the storytelling. uh is brilliant like if um, just watch it guys shatranj ke khiladi great recommendation brood um oh thank you bogus yeah and coincidentally it turns out that both of us without planning it in advance have indian movies this time oh my god the synchronicity that we always end up with look bogus. at that I look mean, at that wow um, i almost want to like cry please don't okay It's, it's a comedy. Talk. It's a comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah. After all that you spoke, you realize now that it's a comedy podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thin line between comedy and tragedy. Anyways, uh, the movie I want to talk about this time in my parcel section is a movie made in two thousand seven by an ad man called Navdeep Singh. Uh huh. It's called Manorama Six Feet Under, and this movie is nothing really. Uh, too you know mind blowing mm-hmm. but just the way they narrated the story yeah the way the actors played the part and the way they the set and setting right right this movie is set in a small sleepy town in rajasthan yeah and rajasthan desert uh, country right. you know so in the town their needs are very basic electricity right, right. you know seamless uh, Um, our luxuries are their needs yeah basically. continuous electricity yeah. water water right. is the biggest concern right you could be taking a shower and the water could run out in, yeah in, in the middle uh-huh. so in this town 
you have Satyavir Singh Randhawa. This is the wow. name of the character uh-huh. that Abhay Abhay Deol plays. And okay. Abhay Deol is the leading man right. in this movie. He's a writer. Huh. And he's a failing, failed, slash failed writer. Got it. He's published, he's basically. He's published like a couple of books that went nowhere. And uh, currently when the movie starts, um, he's under extreme pressure because there's some bribery charge going on against him at his workplace. Mm-hmm. He could be suspended. Mm-hmm. and then he has a beautiful loving wife at home mm-hmm. and a boy uh-huh and the wife is played by gulpanag okay okay another underrated actress underrated yeah. very good very good actress yeah uh so avidyol and gulpanag are this married couple they are very uh, simple middle class issues right where his career is going what her dreams were what she had to sacrifice right she keeps letting him know again and again of course <laughs> yeah she's a wife yeah that's what wives do yeah and uh, nosy neighbors hmm. you know so abedeol is at the end of his disillusionment uh, because he's middle aged he had dreams and he can see all those dreams being shattered and the needs their needs are so simple that he even hallucinates about a supermodel wearing gagra choli on the roads on the rajasthan roads hmm. all she's doing is she's having a pot of water yeah and he's that's focused on the water that's it <laughs> yeah. that's his fantasy yeah that she'll pour the water and give him to drink you know? yeah so the story starts off when one weird night um abedio's character has a visitor mm-hmm. and that is sarika sarika is kamalasan's w- wife. wife so she plays a role first wife kamalasan's first wife shruti hasan's mother guys yeah So she plays this character she introduces him, herself to Abedeol says yeah. I am the chief minister's wife okay, <laughs> okay. and uh, the chief minister is a very powerful guy yeah of course because it's a town the yeah. pecking order is even more clear right there is power structure you don't fuck with right right uh, so she says I'm the chief minister's wife I heard you're a detective mm-hmm. so I think he's having an affair mm-hmm. I want you to go to and, the ch- bungalow yeah and i want you to click a few pictures i want you to catch him in the act basically get proof get proof get the pictures back to me yeah here's payment and there's more in coming a, coming after yeah. you deliver right, right. so abedeol is like okay simple and sweet uh, everything else is going to shit uh, yeah. there's something else I, th- at least i can do right so he embarks on this journey he goes to the cm's house uh-huh. he sees the chief minister argue with a girl uh-huh. and he sees the chief minister sending her away in d- anger uh huh uh asking her to get out right he takes all these pictures and he returns them to sarika right and he thought uh, okay job done huh and he is ready to move on with his life huh. now what you need to know is there's another character here the chief inspector in the town huh is abedeol's son and uh, brother in law okay gulpanag's younger brother uh-huh. is the chief inspector of the town uh-huh. and this character bridge is played by none other than vinay pathak sweet okay yeah extreme shades of gray right says two things while saying one thing yeah what a characters i yeah. swear but basically abedeol has a habit of having these drink sessions with his uh, sala right every evening uh, at some kotha or some abandoned uh, old fort or something right. like that right so this is how his life goes on yeah once that's how all sarika episode happens uh-huh. she again he is returning home and she suddenly runs in front of his bike ha huh. late in the night uh-huh. and she says i think my life is in danger okay and uh, i need you to if anything happens to me just remember my name is manorama and i'm 32 years old ha huh. 
and that's all she says yeah. and she runs away huh and everybody is like he's faced by it he's like what what just happened right he just goes back home next day morning he reads in the paper she turns up dead oh sweet and that really catches him off guard mm-hmm. and uh, he starts his writer instinct his detective instinct mm-hmm. starts kicking in mm-hmm. he wants to know more right but then in a barber shop when he's getting a haircut mm-hmm. he comes to know through the news he sees the actual cm's wife who's an mm-hmm. old lady on a wheelchair mm-hmm. by C- by the cm right uh, beside the cm when he's giving a speech mm-hmm. and then he's like if she is the wife then who was this lady but i have yeah it's an interesting thing at what point were you not were planning to stop the description of the movie because you're basically narrating the script to me as if i'm no, an no, actor no. i'm not you're pitching the script i'm not even spoiling anything okay this is the context from here his life goes to absolute shit okay because he doesn't know who he can trust he doesn't know who he can't trust mm-hmm. and he's going up against uh he doesn't understand that he just put his foot into something which is very dark and very murky mm-hmm. and goes all the way to the top mm-hmm. and he's a helpless writer okay okay and how he gets into that trouble how he gets himself out of that trouble in this whole beautiful setting of rajasthan in the town mm-hmm. is manorama 6 feet under and i really stress i can't stress this enough if anyone has missed watching this movie because it didn't really get mainstream but the acting there are no weaklings in the acting at all right you know abey deol mm. all strong actors gulpana gulpana vinay pathak vinay pathak who played the cm the cm was kulbhushan karbhanda oh sweet the late yeah and rama sen sagari Sa- sarika herself sarika herself very beautiful All very good actress and even a very young nasiru uh, nawazuddin siddiqui nawazuddin siddiqui mm-hmm. who plays a gangster in this movie before yeah. he was nawazuddin siddiqui right so it's a it's a um, hidden gem and i would really recommend everyone to check it out it's actually on amazon prime so prime members can watch it on free or elsewhere up to you but i would recommend that you check this out bro great great this is a fantastic recommendation only the description of it was boring as always you have not disappointed in the whole thank you thank you great so that's the end of our parcel section guys and that brings us to the end of our episode also so keep tuning in on every thursday to thaiga podcast subscribe and share share hey thanks for listening You can follow this podcast on Spotify to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. We're also on Apple Podcasts for those of you who've partaken in the forbidden fruit. If you liked what you heard, leave us a 5-star rating and a comment. Say anything like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. A rating and a comment really helps us out. It's free, and I'm told that's a great price. But enough about us, huh? Tell us about yourself. leave us a comment our twitter is @thigap and we are _thigap on instagram